And we're back. We got to get some ads, man. Some ads, I mean, you know, we got, we got to get some more viewers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the viewers come and then the ads the come later. Come. You know, that kind of thing. You got to work that in. But, you know, as long as we keep on getting, you know, decent guests in, then the viewers will come eventually. Yeah. Right we now. Do, we keep I, I, decent guests. I like being uh, the favorite, your favorite podcast that you don't watch. Yeah. Like, so many people come up to us like, yo, you know who you should get? I was like, they was episode three. For real. You know what you should get? They was episode yeah. eight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Been on the podcast and told us to get people that was the podcast before them. And I'm like. Yeah, that that's always them. hilarious. Where they're yeah. like, no, you should. I was like, they was on the last episode. Like, did you watch? They was like, oh, I'm watching. But it but is. going to come back and be like, well, I'm watching now. I'm like, hey, that's all that matters. I'm like, it's cool. I like it. It's all right. But, you know, I kind of want to want more. But we usually have good guests. We have great guests and we have a great one today who's connected to all of our guests. He's multi-talented, multitasking. He's a multi-hyphen. He's an actor, comedian, singer, host, jingle writer, content creator, teacher, Trey Songs, impersonating entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he changes hairstyles like you change draws. All right, he's never scared to go after what he wants by being in different stages. I'm sorry, by being on different stages like American Idol, BET, etc. He's friends of numerous friends of the show. Uh, also, like he's friends with my favorite comedians, including himself, um, Kev on stage, Billy Sorrells as well. Like I've seen him on stage with these people. I'm like, it's it's. It's good to see comedians that work together. And I like these three gentlemen, period. But uh, you can find him in Turkey Leg Hut every Wednesday night. He's another PV alumni, Devon. Right. I know you're bothered. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's dropping actually today. He's a celebrated guest. K. Relly, also known as Mr. Phil Wade, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. What's good, fam? Root, root, get the Arsenio Halls going. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing, man? Appreciate y'all having me. Uh, everything's going good. Uh, I think we're getting to the point of the show where we just have to ask, like, what was going on at PV? Because I'm constantly getting these introductions where they like, went to PV, PV alum, PV, PV. And he likes mm -hmm. to bother me because I got my TSU flag. What was happening at PV, where you've got all this talent that was there at one time, and now they all coming out. What was happening? It was just an energy. It was an energy, and really shout out to, uh, you know, shout out to my shag and Triple D. Shout out to Dallas. You know, a lot of talent came from uh, came from there, and it sparked a, a great movement. You know, uh, PV always had a great music history, but there was a culture back in the you know, the early 2000s with, you know, the hitting with the flex and all that and DJ Mr. Rogers. And it just yeah. started stirring up some great things and then mixed also with that Houston culture of, you know, the the screw, all the people that represent the screws, the Hawks, the, the Slim Thugs, you know, everybody, Kiki, you know, those people were also related to a lot of those artists who were coming up in the 2000s uh, who were popular as well. So it just, it was just like a wave and it caught fire and it's just like, energy around energy you know at all hbcus you know people are like to collaborate you know what i'm saying and so that energy once one person popped at pv you know that's how the black culture is supposed to be once i get on i'm gonna give you some of that same energy you know what i'm saying 
So they were, it was a lot of energy sharing going on at Prairie View. It was a beautiful moment in music history. And, you know, they did a lot of things, you know, put the, for Texas, for sure. So uh, shout out to PV, shout out to everybody who came through the role, all those big music artists, DJ Chose. I mean, you just go ahead and name name a few. I'm sure a few you know some. PV artists did their thing, but uh, yeah. that's a cultural thing, man. HBCUs, we look out for each other and share energy, and we just happen to blow up at that moment and put some people on the map. No, 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 that's huge. And like I said, even the 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 wave of guests that we've had on the show. I mean, we just interviewed George Young, uh, Jaren Jaren Small. Jaren Small. About we there are so many artists that we talk to in different veins. It's not always music, uh, but it's. There was just like yo, we was we. I was at PV. Now, whether they whether they stayed or not, they were like I was there, and this jump started so much stuff. Where uh, I think when we talked to uh, when we talked to Nate, yeah. and he was like, man, I, I I I was in class and I was getting all this stuff done, but other avenues kept calling and I kept coming back. But you keep constantly coming back to this PV energy. And uh, I mean, it's a great thing to see. I'm not gonna hate. I'm from a different HBCU, but it's all you know, love. It's we, all we, love. I, 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 hey, I'm gonna hate it. Yes, I listen to 90.9 KTSU all the time. We be jamming. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so before you even got to uh, before you even got to college, uh, before like when you got to PV, were you already on a? I want to be in this realm of entertainment. Man, I don't know what I was. I was a late bloomer, dog. I was a I was a performer for sure. I was always I loved to be on stage, but I was a late bloomer. I was quiet for the most part. And uh, the the thing that I can do that I wanted to do to express how I felt inside was like be mascot. That's how I can hide and I can mm-hmm. be wild. So that's how I ended up being a PB mascot for like four years. You know what I'm saying? Going real crazy. So aside from that, I ended up I needed some money in college, so I had to start using my skills to get some money. So I started entering pageants. I was doing, I'd go in Delta pageants. I tried to go to AKA pageants, they'd kick me out. Hey, I was making up dances for the Sigmas. I was making up dances for everybody, doing everything, pageants. I was just using my skills. And then it just slowly blossomed into me being on stage more in the forefront, opposed to, you know, organizing step shows and, you know, helping people, you know, do whatever they want to do on the yard. Oh, okay, okay. Now, uh, oh shoot, I just, why did I just lose my own question? <laughs> no, you, you know right. what? Uh, really what I want to talk about too is that uh, what you guys were doing at PV, where you're uh, documenting uh, your interaction, I guess, the dorm, and then that life after, you're, you're kind of showing this dorm life or this, this interaction life. So many, it, it's almost the norm now. We've seen it, so many groups doing it now that it's regular. Uh, but you guys were one of the first people that I myself saw that was like, oh, yeah, man. We're, like, everybody was like, oh, man, we're all funny. We should be recording ourselves. And right. y'all started doing that. I was like, nah, they they are actually funny. Actually like, funny. <laughs> so, like, what's it like to be at the, the beginnings of that? And then we'll go into like some of those moments where you went viral. Word, word. Yeah, what's so funny is I had already graduated at that point. You know, I had already graduated trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, I had started um, substitute teaching or something like that. 
And so uh, I'm doing my job and, you know, things happen and blow up, but we'll get to that later. But me and my homies, that have, that was just a, another pocket of energy of Prairie View people that just be hanging out together. And it was just a random moment and we recorded a video and it went viral. So you see pockets of energy like that, like dorm taming. Back in the day, they had that those pockets of energy. Even after they had graduated, they were together. So they were just something that came out of a HBCU of, you know, homies that was getting together, just doing whatever. And then it just turned into something grand. Yeah, because I see a lot of that energy in like some of the new people, like the RCDC world and, and things like that. It's, sure. a, it's a lot of that. And you guys were kind of the first people that I saw doing it, uh, which eventually translated into, I mean, that that impersonation of Trey songs, the, the flex on the devil, like those types of things. What, what was it like? When, well, actually, what was the first thing you remember going viral on? Uh, it was actually the Trey Songz joint. I, I didn't even know the definition of viral, dog. Like, I was at work, and it was like, I was getting off going home. I needed a ride. I needed my homeboy DJ to come pick me up. And he was like, dog, you're going viral. People started sending me messages on Facebook. You're going viral. I'm like, okay, that's tight, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm looking. They was like, yo, you on World Star. A few minutes later, I'm like, what's World Star? That's Ooh. how long ago this was, first of all. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what's World Star? I was like, oh, that's like one of them websites that be, you know, showing all the, you know, whoopie whoop. And next thing you know, I found the source of it was Trey Songz tweeted, hilarious. Just one word, just hilarious. That's something an R&B dude to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Oh, boy, hey, I got a dude I work with. Man, shout out to Freddie Fontaine, man. He a member of, he the member of the cream team. Every time he laughed, he got that R&B sauce about him. He like, But nonetheless, the video went viral because of that little moment right there. And then everybody just started going crazy that was the birth of like the youtube people just going crazy you know going viral that type of energy so yeah how did work treat you after that how to say it again how did work treat you after that man they treated me the same but <laughs> they slowly started to figure out that i was crazy you know what i'm saying because i have a like a calm demeanor i'll be you know i'm chilling i'll be chilling for the most part you know but when I perform, you know, I'll be turned up, you know what I'm saying? So at work, at work, I'm like, you know, I may crack a joke here and there, but I'm nothing like the body rolls that they're going to see on, the, you know, on YouTube. <laughs> body rolls are just crazy, you know what I'm saying? So, man, it's a whole other vibe. Now, what was that like uh, initially, like, once you do go viral and you're kind of figuring out, okay, so what do I do with this now? Like, well, man. The people tell you what to do. Okay. Actually, they tell you what to do. Cause it was like, yeah, he playing, but he sound like he can sing. Where his album at? Ah, mm. okay. And I'm like, I don't have no album. You know what I'm saying? Or they'd be like, oh, that's so funny. He said, flex on the devil. That's so funny. Ha ha, daddy stroke on his head. Flex on the devil, flex on the devil. Oh, let's make flex on the devil shirts. They people seem like they like that. And it's things that just happen. And, and people at artists, no word to artists, you gonna find those gems as long as you keep working. It's always gems gonna be there. They just gonna come out of nowhere. It's always brandable material, material inside of you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what that was just an example of that. And then what was it like also dealing with? I guess 
I'm going to bring up in terms of newfound celebrity. I was at a birthday party, like a house party one time for some friends. And you sang for the birthday girl. And I remember right before you did, like two girls were like, that's Phil Wade. Okay. Okay. So it is this kind of like you're like a touchable celebrity. Like people will see you around. You are out here. Like out. What is it like uh, having this that kind of newfound celebrity? And then how have you dealt with it over these few years? Man, God bless me to be different because celebrity don't really turn me up. Mm -hmm. It don't really. It don't really bother me, or I don't even think of myself as a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm gifted. I know I got skills. You know, I know I do. Like Napoleon Dynamite said, you know, girls like guys with skills, you know, nunchucking skills, <laughs> both staff skills, yo-yoing skills, computer hacking skills. Hey, and I just got skills. So, you know, I, I know I will get attention. Long story short, I get attention from the things that I do, but I never been like big on celebrity because I always knew like from being a young dude at the HBCU trying to get at the girls and, you know, you think you tight, but you getting turned down. But once you start displaying yourself and get, you know, you start, you get your letters, you get your swag up, you know, you get your, you know, your whole ambiance, get everything right. You start getting that attention. You get sauced up. And so having attention didn't really bother me because I, I got, I got used to it. I was trained at an HBCU by the best. Mm. Getting turned down and getting 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 turned <laughs> up like the baddest yellows that ever, that's been ever known to man, the baddest chocolates that's ever done walk the face of Godiva, Hershey, yeah. Crayola Brown, all that can be found on HBCU grounds, baby. Hey, <laughs> it's so true. Especially at PV, I never understood that. I went to PV too, and I was like, why? There's so many yellows. It's like, hey, it's a rare condition. It's rare. You'll I never like the recruiters like being another situation like that. So, yeah, man, shout out. Yeah. Now, I mean, after doing it for, uh, I mean, you've been at this for a while. Like once you were uh, working, you guys started doing things like the the proper art, developing that, and then. What are your plans now, kind of moving forward? Like, what are you trying to get into? Man, shout out to Nate. Shout out to our game, man. I'm my homies, man. We've been, we've been making some things shake in the city. And um, we've been actually working on some online, uh, the soul, social sessions. We're dropping some online series still featuring some artists, man. We've featured hundreds of artists throughout the city over the past few years with the Fieldway Show and the Proper Art Show. Uh, really catered towards indie artists and making sure people get their shine and have a space to flex and do what they do best with their craft, rapping, singing, things of that nature. So it's always been a vibe. Uh, shout out to all the venues in the H that supported us and held us down. So uh, as of right now, we're trying to transition, man. And um, we're doing some online things, but I think slowly we're going to get to a point where we'll be back doing something, uh, especially for our independent artists because the H needs some love out here. And, you know, we got a lot of dope, talented artists. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for you to be so talented and to be so successful, you have so much love for this city. What makes you want to go back and reach out to all these underground artists? Man, it's just, uh, I have a serving attitude, man. I've always loved helping people, you know? Even, even when I was saying I needed to uh, get some money for school because I lost my scholarship, mm -hmm. that's what led me to, you know, like, how can I use my- Wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait. 
How'd you lose your scholarship, Phil? <laughs> Hold on, brother. It's a real interview. Let's go. Let's okay. go. <laughs> So remember I told y'all I was a mascot, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was back when the uh, Honda Atlanta Battle of the Bands had just popped off. And I was supposed to be uh, doing a ROTC training exercise on campus. Okay. I was supposed to be running it. But I was like, it's Honda Battle of the Bands with a marching storm, dog. So... Let me get my homies to take care of my duties and make sure everything covered. Y'all good? You good? I called, texting everybody. We was texting back then, texting everybody. They was like, yeah, we good, Phil. Go ahead. So I did go and have my time of my life performing in front of 40,000, 100,000, how many people, thousand people was there at Honda uh, in Atlanta. Turned up, uh, went to Magic City, got some lemon pepper wings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Best in the country. Right. And yeah. so I uh, came back, and then a professor of military science, she was just like, you chose to do that over staying here and doing your duties. And next thing you know, oh, she wow. took my scholarship. The ROTC scholarship went away. Gone. What Gone. Year and was I was an engineering major, so, and that was five-year program, so I was in school for it. I was in preview for a minute. I earned my stripes. Uh, <laughs> I was back. You yeah, definitely man. bounce back. But the original yeah. question, going back, you say, uh, why um, why do you reach back and help the underground so much? Oh, yeah, man, definitely. Just having a servant attitude, liking that, loving to help people, loving to see people progress. Um, I'm a performance coach as well. I've been doing that for the past three years for the uh, Motown and More Review at Miller Outdoor Theater. Uh, that happens here. So, um, well, you'll see me acting as Prince, Rick James, doing the most. So, so. But even more so, back to the point, uh, investing into the artists that are in the city of Houston and uh, just helping them be them best, be, be their best selves. And I like doing that, man. I get I get a kick out of that, man. That, get, that bring me joy. Awesome. That's interesting. That's interesting. You know, the other thing, too, and I've seen you perform at a, a, a number of different spots. The one thing that I keep hearing from a lot of singers, especially in the Houston area, are that... Houston singers are just different. Like the competition is different. Like they're like, it is different than performing anywhere else. So if you don't, and it's funny, it's kind of weird because if you don't know, you would never know. But if you get out there and you start looking you're like a lot of the people out here are really, really doing it. What's it like to be out here with that level of talent? Man, it's, it's, it depends on what type of person you are. For me, it's inspirational. You know what I'm saying? I'm appreciative because I've gone to other cities, you know. Shout out to the Atlantas and the Tennessees, Nashvilles and the, and the, and the Californias and people out there. But the live music scene in, in Houston is different. It's just been, you know, it's run so deep with the history of artists that we have. And it's just like, I get inspiration from them. One of my favorite artists is Mariam Echo. Uh, one of the first artists I heard when I came to the city. And I was attracted to her sound and her. And I hooked up with my homie Reggie Jams. Uh, been, they've been doing music, live music in the city for a very long time. And so just the way they uh, finessed their artistry, I was attracted to it all. And I feel like it was infectious in the city because a lot of other artists, uh, Kaya Hicks, a lot of other artists in the Houston in the Houston area have mm -hmm. been influenced by, you know, all the great talent that we have. So it's a melting pot of everything you need for your soul. So if you like live music, when the scene is right, 
y'all get back out there and get y'all some. So it's different. It's different. We different. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And so people should definitely be on the lookout, especially when things relax and we're allowed to be outside again and all that other kind of stuff. A lot of the showcases and things like that you put together, uh, and the ones you're a part of, including that that Motown reviews is great. Like you just go out, sit on the hill. It's an incredible performance. And there are a lot of singer. I mean, there are a lot of people that we got introduced to just by going and looking. And you're like, oh, wow, look at all this talent that's coming out. Um, tell us about this new project. I mean, you've got this, this picture behind you. All right. Oh, you see Rail? You see my boy Rail? <laughs> Yo. You see so, Rail back there? Tell us about K. Rilly. Man, K. Rilly, man. This is like, you know, I haven't released any R&B music in, I don't know, seven years or something like that. The last serious R&B record that I, and it wasn't even a serious song. It was a song with uh with Billy Sorrells. Uh, Everybody Needs a Little Ho Ho Ho. It was a Christmas holiday song. Yeah. And so uh, I released that with him a long time, but I haven't released anything. You know, I just been dabbling around, you know, jam sessions, hosting, you know, staying involved, you know, social media content and stuff like that. But I just hadn't been like really inspired to complete any ideas all the way. You know what I'm saying? So I guess the K really stuff started off with me messing around on this big little baby piano. I wish I, I wish I would have brought it with me. But if you ever seen any videos of me playing on a little piano, <laughs> I can't explain. It's just like it's just like I can play anything. I'm in C sharp, and that's that all did I can it? play. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> ideas on social media just started going going crazy, and it, and it led to me uh, working with Ira um, and Nate on these K really songs. Let me say, let's make it into a a real person, a 90s R&B superstar, R&B connoisseur, give you all the vibes, you know what I'm saying? Very clever, comical, charismatic, congenial, all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And so he's giving out energy. And today, shout out to the whole Cream team, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we just dropped this record, just dropped today on all streaming platforms, goes down. So uh, shout out to Proper Art, all that energy, man. It's been real. It's been real. The energy's been well received. Oh, that's great. That's great. Out of all the 90s names, though, why? Why, man? <laughs> K-Relly. K-Relly. Yeah. If you think about <laughs> it, and I don't know. I was riding home, dog. I was just like <laughs> riding home thinking, and a lot of times I'm riding listening to nothing. Either I'll be singing ideas, and on my voice notes, I'm always singing something, you know what I'm saying? Just coming up with ideas or, you know, coming up with jingles or something like that. But I was just thinking and I was just like, man, these versus battles are tight, but why nobody want to battle this guy? You know what I'm saying? Why nobody want to battle? Why. Don't yeah. nobody want to battle Hell, right? <laughs> Don't nobody want to battle Don't nobody want to battle yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so nobody's making any note of it. So I was just like, if it was only a way, I could just, you know, use some influence or flip a switch or, you know, do something, do something crazy with the name. And so I just switched the initials and I gave him his name. <laughs> kiss on, kiss on, really. So hey, really, kiss on, really, aka Rails. And so that, and, and even in that, and even in that, I'm not, I don't want to get it twisted. I'm not going back and doing R. Kelly songs or nothing like that. I'm doing my own songs, but really it's a compilation of, 
all the artists who influenced me during the 90s. So you're going to get Tony Tony Tone. You're going to get Aaron Hall. You're going to get Keith Sweat vibes. You're going to get Gerald LeVert vibes in there. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get a 112 Slim. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to get Trey Songs. All of that. All of that stuff is in there. So it's all these R&B influences. You know what I'm saying? All these sounds and eras that you're going to hear. And it's just like, uh, you're going to even hear some like Prince R&B vibes. It's beautiful, dogs. The team, we, hey, we giving you, we giving, we serving vibes. So, you know, that's K-Relly, man. K-Relly is- And it's in stores when? Today, right? Yeah. Today. Okay, there we go. Absolutely pick that up. What's that like trying to find, um, I will say you do a great balance of, like even when you were talking about the track, you said the last thing I did, I officially released was with Billy Sorrell's. It was, it was comedic, but you were really singing. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. you found a really good way to mix the comedy and the singing, all these aspects uh, of your form of entertainment in. Uh, how do you decide kind of what direction you want to move in? Like, are you ever like, yo, I just want to, let, let's go straight comedy on this one. Let's go more R&B with this. What are your thought process as you're creating these things? Man, I'm not gonna lie. It took me about ten, seven to ten years to figure to get to this point. I'm not even gonna front because it's always been a balance. I've performed on stages at House of Blue, sold out crowds. You know what I'm saying? Doing that vibe, I performed on stages across the nation, di- different improvs and you know chuckles and stuff like that. I've done those things, but just finding. Uh, being comfortable in my own space and finding my own lane has always been the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Everybody know I love jam sessions and vibing and freestyling. There's a and there is an audience for that. And people know I love to act a fool and say crazy stuff and dress up like a grandma or be whatever. So it was just like, but even still, I wasn't totally satisfied on either either realm. You know what I'm saying? So this K really is really the epitome of what I've been trying to, it's like the pinnacle of what I've been trying to do the whole time. And it's just like the perfect blending of comedy and music. Like the music is banging. I'm working with people who have Grammys and Grammy nominations. So it's like, hey, it's A1, you know what I'm saying? And platinum awards. And then it's also comedy because I'm giving you those vibes and making you feel how people felt when they heard me say, chicken wing two side and rail. You know what I'm saying? So. It make you smile it's yeah. by loving and laughing. So it's like a perfect blending, dog. And so we got yeah. records up until the end of the year. So we unloading. K. Really about to be a real thing. So uh, that's yeah. great. That's great. Now uh, you were uh, talking about it earlier uh, the the little piano. I saw Word. actually. First of all, congratulations on the newborn. You're a new father. Appreciate it. Appreciate what it. came first? Was it the child or was it the little piano? Like I saw the kid and the little piano popped up. It's hilarious. Where that little piano come from? Dog, I was actually caught uh, recording a movie called, uh, it was a short film called Complex. And uh, I was supposed to be offset. We were on uh, at, at somebody's house and I was in a room. It looked like, a, I think it was a daughter's room. And then she had a little piano. And I started tinkering on there. And the next thing you know, it sounded like this Maxwell song. Pretty God, you can call. And then I sung it and Snoop Dogg reposted that joint and that joint which just went viral. So I was like, yo, I can really play. I hear the songs 
on these four keys. Like I can play a plethora of songs. So I just started getting busy and it was just like a, a thing. And that's what I essentially started bringing on my sets when I did sets at the improv. I just literally bring the piano out and people start laughing. So it's just, and then my ability to just like sing and just vibe and feel the energy. It was just bringing endless laughs. So I, I kept that piano with me in my back pocket all the time. I don't have a surprise I ain't got it tonight, but yeah, I kept it with me. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Now tell us also, man, the, 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 the piano was hilarious. Tell us also about, uh, particularly just cause we, we talked about it, but I want you to uh, really explain, make proper art. Like tell us what make proper art is and what it is, what it means for the city. Hey, Make Proper Art is a program. It's dedicated to the independent artists. It's dedicated towards giving them a platform to succeed and be themselves as the artists that they are. Uh, not artists that we don't discriminate artists or uh, color or you know genre uh, or what have you. And we just give people an opportunity to, uh, to shine. And we search out artists who have taken the first step uh, and, you know, uh, living out their dreams because being an artist is compiled of a lot of steps and it's uh, hard for some people to get through those steps to actually produce a record. But once you get to that step and we see, you know what I'm saying, you're doing that step, we love to grab those people and say, hey, here's our platform, here's our network, let's provide an opportunity for you to network with some other artists, build some great relationships and perform some dope music. And so we've had an opportunity to build some relationships with a lot of people around the city and around the nation. You know, uh, shout out to uh, Nate and Ira once again. Um, it's just been a, a beautiful thing. Very organic, very transparent, very good energy is what we always try to give. And uh, and been, we were been receiving the same thing. And so we put art out the proper way, long story short. I like that. I like that. And I mean, as we make proper art and yourself, I mean, you guys uh, definitely travel. Like we talked to Nate. I mean, we know that he travels back and forth between uh, here in Atlanta and, and internationally and everything. But why has um, why has maintaining things here in Houston been so important? It feels like y'all are taking an obvious step to focus on Houston. Well, um, it kind of it. That's another thing that happened organically. Uh, we did have an idea to do a to do a show and just a nice a, a nice little showcase and uh, do something monthly, but it just morphed into something else. And at the time, you know, I was pulled in many various directions, hosting everywhere. Everybody wanted me to host uh, something, but I wanted to do something. I just felt like it was spread too thin, so I decided personally I wanted to focus my energy towards you know a common goal with a small group of people. And that's when I started working with Nate and Iron. We uh, started doing the uh, the Make Proper Art shows and the Fieldway shows, which were strictly catered to uh, strictly catered towards our catered towards our demographics. So um, we started doing that, and we just didn't stop actually. And it just morphed into something that was great. And we have had other artists come in from Atlanta or New York or Tennessee or wherever other city or state they may have been from. And they've come in and show show love to us as well. So um, it just kind of grew organically. It wasn't just like a set decision. Like, we're going to do this for five years. It just happened and it just kept happening. Excellent, excellent. And you also, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, coming up, we're looking back, we talked about uh, 
you gaining success online, like you're like Snoop Dogg repost and you're becoming, right. you know, uh, more well known. How is your family like people that you grew up with responded because you uh, were, were you always just this outgoing person like that in your personal life? Or is that just more so for the stage? Uh, yes and no. I've always around my close friends. They didn't date. They expected this of me, you know, out of my close friends. Because, you know, you hanging out, you having fun, you being your regular self. But there are friends that I've had when I was younger and they had no idea. They'd be like, Phil Wade? Doing what? He can sing? (laughs) And that always cracks me up, man. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been cool. It's been cool. It's been cool. And then also being a teacher, how have your students responded? I mean, Man, students give me good energy and I don't even tell them right off the bat, you know, uh, you know, that I do a lot of social media stuff. They just really kind of find it out on their own. You know, whatever school I'm at, that energy just kind of gets out on its own. So I just give it time. But they're cool about it. They like it. And actually, in this job that I have now, I teach in uh, music production and entrepreneurship. Uh, it works out perfectly because they get to see me doing my work uh, and they get to uh, learn some things and apply apply to their lives and do what they want to do, you know, as far as entrepreneurship or music is concerned. So it's real tight. It's dope. It works out. And that's great. Your students. Uh, have you ever walked in the classroom and the student already knew who you were? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or they mama. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this bad. My mama said, you better pass me and give me a good grade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mama be commenting on my pictures. Mama be commenting, you better pass my baby, Mr. Wade. That's gotta gotta suck if you fail. (laughs) If if your teacher fail you and he on Instagram just laughing, (laughs) 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 you better get in there and do, hey, everybody, if y'all are his students, man, you better get in there and do your work. It's (laughs) happening. Unfortunately, it's happened. <laughs> it's happened. Such. Oh, right <laughs> you know, my old class. It's a shame. Where you fucking? <laughs> and, that, and that's the worst response right there. That's why I was like, "Dad, you cannot fail this man's class. You know it's gonna be a joke coming. You know you have the chance. <laughs> you have I'll the chance. Chance after chance. I'll be in class, like laughing at them, literally, like dog. I tried to help y'all, and what do you? You sit there looking, looking around. <laughs> yeah. And so, it's it's happened, unfortunately, and they gonna see me on social media, just like having the time of my life, like nothing yeah. happened. Good. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a performer. Uh, especially uh, a lot of uh, live performers that you do. How are you adjusting to the times that we're in now? Oh man, uh, I've been I've adjusted actually by can't really save my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was so afraid. I was petrified. No, nah, but. I had to transfer that energy, really. I really did have to transfer that energy into something creatively, you know. Uh, you know, I like posting stuff on Instagram, but I just really, you know, posting memes and stuff are cool. But I think the best representation of what I do is what I'm doing with this K-Really character. And I've always had a grand scheme in my head 
of the type of content I want to release. You know, the piano videos are funny and I'm still going to do those, but when it comes to releasing music, it's kind of like this uh, Danny Glover, Childish Gambino type of thing. I'm fine with releasing music as K really, because I can, I, can, I can give you all the vibes. I can go R&B, I can go neo-soul, I can go gospel, I go country with K really with trap R&B. I can give you all the vibes, I can do all of that. But you know what I'm saying, I can still maintain and do some other things on my, on my field wayside. So I invested all my energy into this, making music with the homies, having Zoom meetings, Instagram meetings, we yeah. writing records. We make we made them joints happen. So uh shout out to all my creatives out there that made it happen during quarantine, got to get creative so you don't be stagnant. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man. And to the uh creatives out there, I mean every day, especially during this pandemic, we're seeing viral stars kind of come and go and they're, they're gonna keep coming and they're gonna keep going and some are gonna stay and some aren't. What is some advice that you want to tell, I mean, to those people? I, I was just looking at that video, the girl that made the Bayang song. That's hilarious, but it's like, what would you tell to somebody that's like, look, you just went viral, kind of like you, where you're like, I went what? Like, but now they kind of know. So what do you say to these people that are, you're, you're just getting your foot out there how do you maintain longevity? Man, uh, you have to continue creating. That's all. You really just have to continue creating because everything that you create is not going to be gold. But if you continue creating, you continue putting out work, you continue, uh, you know, just perfecting your craft, sharpening your saw, putting in your 10,000 hours, you're going to put out some good work along the way. You're going to come up with some jams, some brandable ideas. You're going to come up with some things that's going to get somebody's attention, a specific person's attention. You okay. know what I'm saying? Because the person that you admire most, they may like a certain type of thing, you know what I'm saying, that really, like, turn them on or turn their light bulb on. So you won't know what that is until, unless you just continue creating, continue putting works out into the universe. You know what I'm saying? And so believing in yourself. Absolutely. Has there ever been focus on, since you went viral so early in your career, do you focus on trying to go viral or is it something that no. just comes to you naturally? Never. I never focus on trying to go viral. That's never the goal. But I have a feeling like when something is good or makes me laugh, I'll be like, that was funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm thinking about how people will process what it is. So, you know, being a creative, uh, every creator's responsibility is to be a representation of the times. You know what I'm saying? So if you're staying current and you're creating and people like current events and you put out something that's current with the times, like I just put out a video about uh, Monica and Brandy versus Battle coming up. You know what I'm saying? So I put out a video thinking it was just going to get a little buzz, to, you know, keeping my k Rally stuff afloat. And people just really went crazy off of that because I'm just creating videos with the times, being myself, yeah. you know, as an artist, you know what I'm saying, as a vessel. <laughs> um, you know, and so yeah. I'm just creating. So you got to continue to create, and the and the gold is gonna come. But it's not gonna come if you just scroll on the ground watching everybody else create. Yeah. And you talk about like you know, I, there have definitely been things you've been surprised by. Like you say, hey, I put out the Monica Brandy thing, and I thought it'd be cool, and then it blows up. Has there ever been something where you're like, oh, this is gonna hit, and the audience doesn't just get to it as, 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 as like you thought they would? 
Ah, man. I'm sure I've uh, sang. I remember I did some, uh, I sung some Brian McKnight on my baby piano. I thought that was going to go crazy. Because I already killed it. I was on one last cry. My shattered broken hearts. I was killing it, dog. And I was just like, man, y'all ain't feeling this, dog. I'm smashing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? I was just talking about that last week, man. I've become, along the journey, I've, I've become comfortable with rejection. You got to get comfortable with that because, you know, failure is, you know, failure is good. Because if you're doing something and you're failing, you're trying, you're trying yeah. over and over again, you just got to get immune to it and just, rise to the next level you're going to succeed at some point so it's just part of the process where do you get this uh this callus to keep going where do you where do you where does that come from on you man just having a genuine love when you have a genuine love for something you're just gonna keep on keep on doing i don't care if you're passionate about yo-yos actually i am passionate about yo-yos back yeah. in the day actually, I had a really when yo mega released Back in the year, I'll say it was maybe 1998. I won't say they released then, but that's when they got popular. Black, all the black people was yo-yoing. Don't get it twisted. I don't yeah, know yeah, yo-yos was, was, yo-yos was hot for a second. Yeah. Hey, yo-yos was hot. I went to school in the hood in Dallas, South Dallas, side of the James Madison High School. Man, I had a yo mega yo-yo, and I'm getting good. It wasn't on YouTube, so I had to get a book. I was learning all the tricks. Wrapping around the finger, around the world, rock the baby, make a star, Eiffel Tower, I'm putting yeah. over my back. And the girls are like, oh, look at him do the little, he rocked the baby, girl, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm just doing tricks, and I had a little audience, and I was like, man, I really like doing this, and people just like, gravitate towards it. So that little lesson about that thing alone, I just applied it to everything else. If I'm passionate about something, I'm going to do that thing regardless, and I don't care who's watching, you know, I get gratification out of doing it on my own. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. And the, the other thing, like you were saying, you were talking about you came from Dallas. You you were born and raised in Dallas and then you came here? Man, I'm a melting pot. I was born in New York, Rochester, New York, upstate. Grew up there and passed New Jersey, passed New Jersey, East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, and then later I moved to Dallas. And uh, then I went to Prairie View and now I live in Houston. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, how is things like? Uh, I mean, growing up in Dallas, because uh, somebody's that. How has Dallas? Because you have a unique style in terms of dress and everything, and you're yeah. supposed that. How has that affected uh, just your style overall? Man, that sauced me up. Dallas sauced me up. Rudy's chicken, mm. best chicken in the land, huh? <laughs> um, gotta get you some, man. Hey. <laughs> No, Big T. I hey Dallas. First of all, it was you are you put you put Rudy's above Frenchies. Yes, I do. Let's beef it real quick. Okay, okay. So uh, this is Phil Wade saying Rudy's beats Frenchies. All right, all right. Just, uh, just got you on the record at some point. And I'm a Frenchies fan. Yeah. Big Frenchies fan. <laughs> but I'm a Rudy. Don't allow you to be wrong. You could be wrong. It's all good. <laughs> I'm a Frenchies fan, but I'm yeah. a Rudy's man. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what else is it was it about Dallas that, that added to your style? Man, just uh, getting to high school and, you know, when we didn't have to wear uniforms and just seeing people's style. First, my first day of school, I saw a girl that had one girl. It was two friends. Both of them had dookie braids. One was electric blue and the other one was like green, neon green. And I was like, 
whoa, and then the other one had like a Reese's Pieces piece going down right here and with Chinese stick coming out the top. I'm like, she swagged out. Then I see a dude that got a hot top fade, but he got a little bleach piece, and then I got a shag in the back, and he had a, you know, he was swagged out. And I was yeah. like, yo, look at this representation of style, this energy, like that's, that's like culture. You even see it in the cars and the slabs, like Houston slabs are more clean cut, you know what I'm saying? Real, you know, fifth wheel on back, boom. You might pop trunk and get some extra neon lights, boom, boom, boom. But Dallas, oh no. We're going to put an M&M's wrap around the candy paint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to see a whole Gatorade uh, Jordan shoe infused into a whole Caprice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just individuality. It's just swag. It's just, uh, you know, expressing yourself. So I took that with me. Definitely. That's, that's great. That's great. Dallas Cats is outlandish. Oh, that's that. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it speaks for itself. How's that? Oak Cliff, Texas. All day. Now, uh, for people that don't know where to find you, or just to let just everybody know, where can they find you, Make Proper Art, K Relly, like all that stuff? Just go ahead and, and, and fill us in on that information now. Uh, the umbrella is makeproperart.com, makeproperart.com on all social media and the website. That's the umbrella. Or you can find me personally. You come straight to my page, uh, Mr. Phil Wade. Uh, that's a two L's, M-R-P-H-I-L-L-W-A-D. Oh, you know what I, I, And then you can find Kassan Relly. He got his own page, Kassan Relly. He be on there talking smooth. He sure does. I follow that, too. Yeah, there he is. There go that boy. Yeah, you see him? <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, he out there doing good things for the R&B community. Loves and laughs around. So just drop new music. Shout out to him. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of great things. You can catch me all. I'm be acting crazy still, now and forevermore. And so, uh, yeah, y'all catch me. All social media, Mr. Phil Wade, K. Relly dropping new music. Follow us and make proper art. And we're going to continue putting out dope projects, man. Well, look, man, we, we appreciate you uh, just taking the time out to meet with us, man. Yeah. We, we really like your, your stuff. We've been big fans. My favorite thing was flexing the devil. I still, I can't watch the video without laughing. Yeah. I, I, no matter I can't how many times I watch. Flex <laughs> on the devil, daddy's yeah. broke on his head. Yeah. I, I appreciate how you, uh, how you matched your outfit with your background. Hey man, it just meant to happen. Yo, I this is like you gotta coordinate. Shout out to Pops, man. You gotta coordinate. Yeah. Man, we wanna thank you once again in my humble opinion podcast. I've been your host, Avery, like a very nice guy. Also, we have Devon, the co-host over here. Just Devon, boom. Just Devon. And we've been here with Phil Wade, man, Mr. Phil Wade, who has Carelli in stores today. In my humble opinion, where the opinions are humbled and the words, they're not jumbled. Thank you and good night. And good night. Bang. <laughs>